0: Good after morning, my listeners. Today on Blast from the Past, I'm looking at a piece of literature that is renowned as one of the best pieces of literature ever, especially to come out of Russia. But honestly, I think quite often times it gets overlooked. I'm talking about Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. I'm going to start off with some initial thoughts. Uh, At first, I was very intrigued to read this book because I heard a lot about it from Jordan Peterson um, on some, you know, lectures about why it's a great book, why you should read it. Um, And I definitely agree with him in that it does a great job at establishing the fact that there's something out there in terms of morality that you can't just, you know, get away with stuff. And for those of you who don't know about this book, I'll, you know, get into the heart of it. So... Um, in terms of some additional thoughts, however, um, I decided that, you know, after hearing all the praise I needed to read it, um, the only thing I have to complain about is the fact that it's actually a pretty difficult book that I was not prepared for, uh, because I'm used to not be that big of a reader, and now thanks to this wonderful piece of literature, I am. Uh, it's 528 pages of some pretty tiny words with almost absolutely no spacing, um that being said, even though I was not prepared for this book, I still enjoyed it. Um you know, it's easy to get burnt out because there is a lot of redundancy sometimes and the fact that uh if you do read this, you need to be ready because um Dostoevsky loves his monologues. One time it took me like a solid 10 minutes to make it through one because it was roughly 5 pages long. <laughs> so um yeah. So the key elements in terms of this book is um it's pretty gigantic. So bear with me. Um the characters are pretty vast and I think he's known for that um especially since I'm going to read the Brothers Karamazov at some point when you know lots of characters there. So um this book was published in 1866 by renowned Russian novelist Fyodor Dostoevsky. Um the reason why I say it's publishing date is because this book is quite unique in that it was written in six separate installments, known all together as a serial. Um, there's a large array of characters, but for the sake of time, I'll just go through the main characters. Of course, you got to talk about Raskolnikov. That's what everything in this book revolves around. Um, he essentially finds himself in a bit of a pickle. He's a failed law student. His family is going into some pretty big debt. Um they're dealing with that. So he results to oh, you know, there's this old lady named Oh goodness, what's her name? Alina Ivanova more on her later. But he essentially comes up with the idea that, hey, she's the scum of the earth. You know, there's no reason for her to be here. I can take her money. Everybody wins, except for her, obviously, (laughs) but you know, she's old anyways. Um but the very interesting to think about Raskolnikov and just Dostoevsky in general is he does a great job at having purpose behind the names of people. So as I'm going through these characters, of course, I'm going to go through the origins of their name. In Russian, Raskol means schism or split. This is important to the story, obviously, because, you know, at the start, Raskolnikov battles with the inner terror on whether or not he should murder Ivanovich. And later on, because he does murder her, he has to deal with the psychological turmoil of it, leading to a split of his normal state, to a very ill state. Um, let's see. Just go under my notes here really quick. Um, oh, another interesting thing is to think about the out, about his outlook on life, which you can see from his article that he published. He used to be a journalist, and I believe. Um... And he essentially, in this article, establishes that there's two types of people, the ordinary and the extraordinary. And um, he believes that these extraordinary people aren't ordinary, obviously, but he believes that they have the ability to bend laws to their will because when they do that, good things happen. Now... You learn this quite later on in the book, but you can definitely see how Raskolnikov sees himself as extraordinary, especially at the beginning. Because he sees that, hey, even though legally speaking, you know, everything's illegal in terms of killing people. (laughs) But, um, oh goodness. Um, sorry, I have brain fog. Short-term memory loss. I don't even remember what I was talking about, so I'm just going to move on. Um Oh yeah, we were talking about Rascalnikov and all that. But it's evident that he thinks of himself as extraordinary and of course, he applies the logic to himself and he believes that because he's going to rid the planet of this evil old lady, he's going to get his family out of this bad situation while simultaneously getting rid of everybody he hates. So, yeah. Unfortunately for him, however, when um he goes to murder her, her sister or something like that sister-in-law, I don't know um she comes in and watches the murder happen basically and you know he has to kill her too um obviously we have to mention ilana, ilana? ivanova uh she's the she's a mean and brutal pawn, pawnbroker pretty old she, she's known for ripping people off um tira skolnikov and a lot of other people she is the scum of the earth and killing her to get out of this bad situation is justifiable and, you know, he then murders her, takes her money. And really not much is mentioned about her besides this because uh, she's murdered so early in the story. Um, another really important character is a friend of Raskolnikov's uh, Razumikin or Dmitry Prokovich <laughs> Razumikin. Uh One additional note on this book is you got to be able to remember a lot of names for the same person. Um, some of the characters have at least like five names, so just always keep that in the back of your head. Anyways, um, when you analyze when you analyze uh, Razumikin's name, Razum comes out to mean reason. Throughout this piece, Razumikin is consistently and he is um, an optimistic voice of reason for Raskolnikov. Um, most of the times, he's very down to earth. And the reader can tell that he really does care about Raskolnikov, even though a lot of times Raskolnikov doesn't care about him. Um, In terms of Raskolnikov's family, he has two very influential family members. His dad isn't around. His mother, Polkara Alexandrova Raskolnikov, and his sister, Advotya Romanova Raskolnikov. Um, His sister is in a tough spot in that the family is so needy that she is willing to go into... It's not necessarily prostitution, I won't say that, but it's definitely, it's a weird marriage situation, and you can tell she's really just doing it for the money. Um, the guy that she tries to marry is Peter Lu- Peter Petrovich Luzin, more on him later. And, um, you know, Rodion is not happy about, the- oh, sorry, Rodion Romanovich Raskolnikov is Raskolnikov's full name. Sorry about that. Um, Rodion is very much opposed to this marriage and is willing to stop at all costs, as we see at the start of this book. Because, you know, he murders uh, the pawnbroker. Uh, His mom is also there for most of the piece, but uh, most of the time the two are together. Wait. Ooh. Sorry. Totally goofed up my script. (laughs) Um, his mom is quite often there. Um, she gets more present there at the end of the book, but most oftentimes whenever the mother is there in person, it's almost always going to be with the sister. Um, you know, cause they travel together, they live together, they, they do all that together. Um, so yeah. Um, Only three more to go in terms of main characters. There's more after that, but I won't get into them. Um, The next um, character is very... He's minor-ish, but he definitely leaves a big imprint on the story in terms of just the way that events happen. Um, Our next character is Simon Zakharovich Marmaladov. Marmaladov's name, which, I mean, you can hear the marmalade, in the name but it can be translated to marmalade which is generally seen as pleasurable marmaladov's lifestyle strictly revolves around seeking out pleasure at the expense of others including his own family unfortunately for them or for him he gets stomped on by a horse because he's too drunk to walk around and he succumbs to his injuries but the thing that you have to understand about this is because this event happens raskolnikov develops a deeper relationship with his daughter uh sonia and sonia is very important um and she ends up by the end of the book becoming you know um raskolnikov's love interest but the thing about um sonia is that um throughout this book you can tell that she really cares um even though she's been cast out by society because she had to go into prostitution to take care of her family while her dad was off partying so yeah, that kind of sucks. Um, and because of that, society kind of looks down on her. But she's actually very kind and generous, and she's willing to do stuff for her family as you know, shown through her actions. Um an and interesting distinction between Sonia and Raskolnikov, she sins um because she has to, because she has to get by. But Raskolnikov really doesn't. Because there were other options for him besides murdering this old lady. Um, But Sonia is very important in the story. Um, She cares very much. She brings out the best in everybody. And um, I think I already mentioned that. Um, At the end of the book, she becomes known for helping out at the prison. Spoiler alert. And visits Raskolnikov quite frequently. Um, She really is one of the best characters in the book. And when you look at her name, her name comes from the Greek word for wisdom. Um, throughout this whole book, she embodies most of the wisdom throughout this piece. Um, finally, oh, never mind, not finally. As you can tell, this is totally such a pr- productive and great podcast. That I totally threw it together. Anyways, sorry about that little bit. Um, we're inter- introduced to Sh- Arkady Ivanovich Chivridlydov. He's obviously portrayed as a villain, um, but really, he's more of a tortured soul when you think about it. Um, you know, he's he's relatively wealthy. He likes giving away money, um, and he's mean, but he also has a soft side. Um, he really doesn't come around much until the end of the book, where you know you can tell that he's really going after this dude's sister. You can tell he's really going after um, Raskolnikov's sister. And to the point where, you know, he almost rapes her. But fortunately for Dunya, that's her nickname, um, he lets her go. Um, Simple as that. Um, Unfortunately, after that event happens, Shvidridov, whatever his name is... Um, (laughs) has to deal with, you know, that psychological turmoil, too. And unfortunately, he shoots himself in the head. So, yeah. And then one of the other semi-main characters is Peter Petrovich Luzhin. He's the man that tries to marry Romanova. And he's kind of an entitled whack job who has a weird savior complex going on. Unfortunately for him, Skolnikov did not like him from the start. And, you know, causes lots of um, family quarrels. Some other notable characters... Katerina Ivanova and Marmaladov. That's Marmaladov's ex-wife. Now that he's dead, unfortunately, she passes on too. You have Zosimov. I believe that's the name. He's the doctor. You have Lizavita Ivanova. Um, She's the one who also gets murdered after walking in on her sister getting murdered. Amalia Ivanova, the Marmaladov's landlady. Zamatov, the chief police clerk. Uh, Porfiry Petrovich... And then you also have Nastayaja. Totally accurate. Um, She works um, at the place that Raskolnikov is staying at. Um, And she brings him lots of food, especially when he's sick. And lastly, you have Mikola. Um, He claims that he murdered the lady. Don't know why. Uh, The... um, Oh, goodness, what's his name? Poor Porfiry Petrovich, the examiner, talks a lot about psychology in this book and how, you know, he just went crazy, started believing it, and Bob's your uncle. I think now, now, we, now we can dig into the plot, and this is kind of going on a little bit, but this book is so interesting in the fact that the main point is the climax, or at least the, you know, alleged climax i don't necessarily think it is i just think it's something that sets up the book but it's so interesting that it it introduces the main event right off the bat right off the bat he's thinking oh should i do this should i not do this um you know what what'll murder like can she be murdered can i bend the law that sort of thing um and then he does murder her and then this whole the whole rest of the book is essentially this journey um which takes many different angles, but essentially it all is shaped around the fact that Raskolnikov now has to deal with his crime, or his punishment, sorry, right, and I think one of the main, one, I mean, obviously as this this book is entitled Crime and Punishment, right, so I think one of the big things is that like, even though you can get away with a crime, even though you can get away with something, right, doesn't mean you're not going to go unpunished, it just means, like, through through the law, you might go unpunished, but psychologically, you have to deal with this stuff. You have to deal with these burdens, which I think is interesting because um, Dostoevsky was a man of faith who believed that, you know, God wrote these things on people's hearts and stuff like that. Um, and so, I think, oh goodness, um, I think it's just very interesting that we get this whole. 528-page adventure on what are the morals that are written on people's hearts. Why is it that even though Raskolnikov doesn't believe that he still has to deal with this stuff? Now, obviously, it's a work of fantasy, but I think it can be applied in the fact that a lot of times, you know, believer or not believer, we have these morals that are written on our hearts, and it's just a question of why they are there. And Dostoevsky's answer for that is, you know, theism, Christianity, and all that. Um, so, yeah. But in terms of plot, go, in, in terms of the plot, there's so much that happens. Um, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And I don't think I should go into everything. The big, the big two events is the murder and the confession, which, you know, he finally reaches this point at the end of the book where, first of all, he's been exposed by um, Porfiry Petrovich, the, um, the investigator, and, you know, he finally confesses, and then we get this beautiful epilogue, like, let me just say, like, the ending to this book was something, there was something about it, just reading the last 20 or so pages, just reading the epilogue that just made me smile and, like, cry, it's like this weird blender mix of emotions, (laughs) um, just to see the journey that Raskolnikov has been through throughout this entire piece. And to show that, so- first of all, Sonia still loves him. Even after everything, they stick together. They're tortured souls together. And just the beauty of the book ending um, with the fact that, first of all, she still loves him even though he's in jail. But also the fact that she's going to love him throughout his journey through jail. And that they're going to be together afterwards. Like there's just something about that that's so profound to me that I just I don't know. It was just a big, big old thing. As a part of this uh, quiz, or sorry, as a part of this podcast project thing, I had to include a fun element. So we've got a quiz. Woohoo! Oh wait, this relies on previous information. Okay, what was the name of the old woman that Raskolnikov call killed? What is it? I don't know. I don't know. What is it? Oh, it's a Leonor Ivanova. What year was Crime and Punishment written in or published? I don't know. What is it? What is 1866? And what's the main character's best friend's name? Razumikin. And then I got one more question after I do the biography. Um, So yeah, just keep all that in your head. Um, In terms of biographical information, Fyodor Dostoevsky is an author known for his literature that strikes the root of the reader's heart. He writes uh, psychological thrillers to show the reader things that really matter in real life. Obviously, you have the example of Pride and Punishment, where Dostoevsky seeks to reveal the moral law written on people's hearts. Dostoevsky is often regarded as one of the best novelists to walk the planet. Dostoyevsky was born in Moscow, Russia on November 11, 1821, and he passed away February 9, 1881. Dostoyevsky is often known for the very rough life he had. Unlike many other Russian authors at the time, <clears throat> Tolstoy... Um, Dostoevsky did not come from high socioeconomic status. This greatly influenced his writing in that oftentimes he had to search out the money to publish his works. To say that his life was wild is an understatement, but his faith was one thing that remained solid, mostly due to the piety he was raised around. He was also involved in some political activities that eventually led him to become arrested and sentenced to death. After he got, well, I wouldn't really say it's lucky, But it's an upgrade from getting shot in the face. Um, He was pardoned, like, not pardoned. He was, his death sentence was reversed, like, literally, like, last second, right, as he was about to get shot at. And he ended up going to the Gulag camps and worked there. And once he finally got out of there, he started his writing. And um, it's very interesting to see the influences of that rough um, childhood, you know. I wouldn't say it was rough. Well, yeah, it was rough. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very interesting to see how his interesting backstory ties into his works. Um, all right, now we can do our next question. What year was, did Dostoevsky pass away? Huh, do you know? Do you know? 1881. All right, now it's time for my application and connection. This book can be applied to real life in that it points out that there is reason to believe that there is something to life besides the material world. Obviously, even though it's a fiction piece, it points out that as humans, we have inherent morals written on our hearts. And when people break these morals, it will not go unpunished because of the nature at which these morals are inscribed in our hearts. The punishment may be through the law or may not, but regardless of if the crime is punished by law, someone, the person who commits it, will experience some psychological turmoil and so you have to think okay even if you don't believe in a higher power or something of that sort wherever you may come from you have to think before you act because which i think i don't know if you're old and you like listening to this type of thing i would think that you would understand this by now but like i just remember i made some bad decisions i'm not gonna lie and now i have to live the rest of my life with that weight and understand that like that's not who I am anymore but it's still a part of my past. It's who I was at that time. And it's just going to influence me and help me make better decisions. Um and the fact that there is something written on my heart and also I think it begs the question, is there something more out there? Right? What's this whole universe about? What's going on here? Why is it that when I when I do something or steal something or murder somebody i don't know that i actually do feel something deep down inside is it because of some biological factor i don't know or maybe it's because of some religious factor it just it just kind of stirs the pot right it makes you think hey there might be something bigger if you don't already believe and if you already believe you know hey this is something i could use to i don't know as a resource to believe more um but lastly, I want to end with my recommendation. Um, I would literally 1,000% recommend this book. Like, I'm not kidding you. I could talk about this book for hours on end, but, you know, this is a school project. I don't want to keep my teacher, you know, listening to my annoying voice for 5,000 hours. Um, but, I mean, geez, oh, piece This is probably literally the best book I've ever read. No cap. Like,. Mm. The only thing I have to say is that this book is definitely not for the faint of heart. It's a thick boy, okay? Like, it's a thick boy. <laughs> but sometime, and sometimes it is hard to figure out what is going on. Like, why are they at this party? Why is this person screaming that thing? But I think once you get to the end of it, and if you stick with it, it gets easier with time. And then you see, oh, this was this wild journey. And I think it's definitely due for a reread. Um, The only thing I have to say additionally is that the names are kind of wild, so it can be hard to track that. But again, after reading this book, I just had a new appreciation of literature that really stirred me to read more and and do more intellectual work. I can truly say that he has mastered his craft. He has to be a new favorite author. Overall, I'd give this book a 9 out of 10. The reason why I don't give this book a full 10 out of 10 is because oftentimes it can become easy to lose track of what's going on and who's involved. But that being said, this masterfully crafted piece of literature is by far one of the books I've ever read, especially with how intriguing and intricate this book is. I mean, I mean that's what I have to say about this piece of literature. Like, seriously, go buy a copy. I got mine for like less than five bucks and read it. Because, you know, what else do you have to do? What else do you have to do? Watch TV? Watch TikTokers only like that? Anyways, this is kind of redundant to the conversation. So thank you very much for listening. I had a blast reading this um, book and talking about it to you. And have a good one. Have a blessed day. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Blast from the Past. Um, I won't be uploading here much. I'm not going to lie. But I'm just really thankful to have this opportunity. You'll see me in another quarter. So, Have a good day.